Hello and welcome to Three Zoologists and a Microphone. I'm Vicky. I'm Sophie. And I'm Matt. And today we are looking at electric eels. So I'm actually really excited but also a little bit nervous about today's episode because I mean firstly this is the first one that I'm researching and I kind of fell down a rabbit hole and in true Vicky style I have seven pages of notes. I mean that so, is normal for you so it's yeah. yeah so, <laughs> and it's so this podcast up. might be like four days long. No but... it's fine but <laughs> editing Sophie was gonna have a great time cutting things out. Um, I'm also great with a good tangent so this could be entertaining but more excitingly I'm excited and nervous for this because this is the first episode which we are doing off of one of our listeners' questions. Thank you, Michael, for sending in a question about electric eels, but we will get to that in a moment. But first, we're going to start off with our classic... Um, it's probably too soon to call it classic, but oh, I mean we've done classic three, after three episodes. We've done it every episode, so we'll call it a classic. <laughs> yeah, our, our classic weekly fact, which we are going to do as a competition again this week. So let us know who's your favourite uh, fact is. Mine this week is about chimpanzees because they have discovered that it looks like they might be stringing together sentences with different sounds um, with three or more calls at the same time, which is really exciting. Mine is about the peacock man shrimp that can throw a punch at 50 miles per hour which means it acce- i know which means <laughs> it can accelerate at faster than a 22 caliber bullet remind me not to wow. piss off so a mantis don't, shrimp don't mess with a mantis shrimp they they, will, they always uh, do seem savage in general they even yeah. look aggressive mm. even though they are just pure color yeah yeah it's kind of crazy how <laughs> such a colorful thing can be so intimidating yeah. And my fact is about cows. And I think people have probably heard this one before, but I just find it really interesting. They don't have a Brummie accent. Or if they do, they have to have the same accent together because cows actually have best friends. And it's been proven that they have lower heart rates and lower stress levels when they're together with their best friend. And I couldn't find the exact example before we started recording this, but I do know I've heard about there's plenty of stories where cows will literally go off their food and refuse to eat when their best friend is taken away from them. And the farmers try to purposefully match them with their best friends if they have to sell any because they want them to go together with their best friend because otherwise it's not good for anyone that That's would have adorable. definitely helped my lockdown wait if that happened in humans <laughs> oh, they moved us all in together and they went we should have all got friend. a house yeah we should have gotten a house so Mine's if we go like... off our food will they let us back together and um, maybe we'll, we'll just classic... go on hunger strike bojo you have to let us see each other again <laughs> yeah i don't think that'll work i don't think he'll really care about the fact people. <laughs> But anyways, right, shall we get on to the episode? Let's. Okay, so this episode is based on a question sent in by Michael. Thank you, Michael. Um, which is, why do electric eels not electrocute themselves? I think that because is actually something... not what they're into. <laughs> it's not what they're into. Anyone was taking it there, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's always the one to take it to that area, of course. Uh, you know me. I think we should probably start off with a little bit of general information about electricity in nature, because I don't think it's that well known that this is quite a big thing in nature. So I, I'm sorry, sorry I knew that. Say? No, I was just saying, like, I knew you got electric eels, but I kind of didn't realise how many animals, especially fish, like have the capacity for it. Yeah, definitely. So there's kind of two ways of using electricity in just kind of a sensory system. You've got an active way and a passive way. And if we're looking at passive electricity, Electricity. There are so many species. You've got like platypus, echidna, types of dolphins, crayfish, st- yeah, star nosed moles. And it can evolve in anywhere that is a moist. So aquatics, which is why you find it a lot in fish, because it can evolve in aquatic systems, but also very like moist soils and stuff, hence the star nosed moles. But that's kind of detecting just electrical signals. Well, I suppose it needs like some sort of, so the fact they're in moist soil, they need something to transfer the signal from mm. like the one yeah, producing exactly. it to them. So that, yeah, air that is not sense. very conductive. So. Luckily, otherwise... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, yeah, a bad situation to that be would in. be awful. Otherwise, my lamp on over there would not be fun right now. That would be no. horrible. <laughs> Unless you could like 
go into the electric and sense things that way. I mean, that's not a skill that humans have, but imagine. No. But also with air-conducted electricity, we wouldn't get lightning, which obviously would save us some hassle quite a lot of the time. But also, it's fun to watch. But I love lightning. Yeah, I like Talking of lightning. Um, sorry, I read a fact. This is kind of jumping the gun, but it's really cool. Do you know why they thought electric eels originally were electric? Did they think they'd been struck by lightning? I don't know. Kind of. They thought they, thought they were basically... Eating's probably the wrong word, but they thought they were getting... Um, the electricity from lightning strikes on the water so they kind of thought these fish were just eating at lightning electricity i suppose maybe they thought just because like, obviously lightning you. does strike the ocean sometimes maybe they thought instead of we know today it just dissipates because there's so much water yeah maybe they thought the electric eels would be like all right guys go go <laughs> go 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 go, go. i love the idea of just having like masses of electric eels pinpointing on where it is like absorbing <laughs> just, the energy yeah. that would also imply they're holding the electricity like they're a battery or something Thing ready to zap them rather than producing it in the yeah. moment like they're just sat there with yeah. the electricity they're just like ready. holding on to the electricity they're just there I like just... shaking with anticipation to release it I mean mm. this is before they really understood what electricity was so yeah of course um, I would hope so but anyways so you've got lots of species with the passive electric abilities um, which also includes things like sharks and rays which will use it for like close detection of prey whereas far away it's olfaction because it's not oh like yeah because a... that's that's why you get the um, on beaches they've got the shark deterrents haven't they yeah um, because they'll the detect the, the electricity yeah. yeah and you can get personal ones where you wear it like around your ankle and it's yeah. supposed to work. although there's not a lot of evidence that they do work it tends to just be it makes the person confident enough to go in the water if they're scared of sharks if yeah they've made like attacked, electric kind of wetsuits and stuff for that reason mm. but which then sounds so safe shark deterrents are ridiculous because you've also safe. got ones which are supposed to mimic um, like sneeze sneeze snakes sea snakes with like the patterning but really it just makes them look more like prey so they haven't really thought all of these hmm. methods through but that's Excellent. a topic for another conversation <laughs> um we'll get into shark deterrence in another episode yeah um, we, we could have an episode in that why not um but yeah we're actually going to be looking at active electric abilities and senses because eels don't just use it as a sense they do have it as a sense but not just so that's kind of think of say something like echolocation you're putting something into your environment and then you are responding to the way that interacts so less species do this this is solely in fish there are 350 species of fish that can generate and detect electric signals that's way more than i would have thought yeah that it's loads especially to, like to be able lot. to um, generate detectable ones because we all use electricity like almost all species use electricity in some way like we use it to transfer signals through our body mm. but we obviously i can't like you know generate it in my finger and then walk up and poke you no you're like, not you're, just you're zapping not people for for the lols i'm not eating no or even zapping things like oh i don't know what i want to eat for dinner if i zap the outside of my fridge i'll find out what's in it without having to open the door i don't think um, you understand how electricity works <laughs> that's not well they now make those fridges with see-through doors that you tap on it and it goes see-through but yeah, no, eels anyway. don't, and fish in general, don't use it to do that. Although they will use it to detect prey. So I guess kind of. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically, it's found in areas where they can't see it. So you can't see the fr through the fridge's door. You can't see it. You can't see in murky water or where there's a low light in source. So they can't use like visual stimuli so they've developed well evolved this electrical sense which is really cool they've also developed it to like communicate and navigate and find their prey and in rare cases such as electric eel stun their prey so you've got about 350 species that will use it as a sensory system but only about kind of three types of species i don't know if there's like smaller classifications in those that will use it like the electric eels as a defense or predatory method where they will zap things and then eat them. So that is a lot rarer. <laughs> Um, but it, it develops in the embryo, which is kind of cool. That's a weird thought that they could be like zapping their mother. Like little bits. Hmm. But the, I, I mean, suppose it's going to be nothing in to her own like electricity that she's producing. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, so a yeah, actually it wouldn't affect them. fully but. grown electric eel produces about 600 volts of electricity. No, thank you. I'm good. It is the strongest... Um, <sighs> 
electrical battery, I quote. In nature, it's the most electric fish that we, that we know of. And yeah, it yeah. produces about 600 volts. Whereas a baby electric eel, where it's only, I can't remember how many inches, like five inches long or something. Because an electric eel grown up as like 1.5 meters or something like they're big um produce like big. yeah they're huge they're like eight foot long or something yeah um or can be <laughs> yeah the the baby ones will produce about 100 volts so i still wouldn't oh. want to piss oh, one okay. off but it's nothing yeah, but it's not not as much yeah it's exactly. like though also while um, you were talking i've just done a very quick google search because i was curious and classic. it's nowhere near what i thought it was i was i wasn't sure what a taser had and i'm like no okay. i'm wrong okay 600 volts maybe isn't that bad because a taser is fifty thousand volts so i'm like i'm i'm i take the electric eel over the taser no i mean there's a um but for something that's person. natural <laughs> yeah for something naturally occurring yeah it's that's enough to powerful. be painful there is i a... wouldn't mess with one <laughs> no scientist who had a, a pet uh, pet in inverted commas eel and he thought that they'd grown so much uh, in friends that he'd be able to stroke him without any harm because he's like you wouldn't hurt me we're friends he was wrong um, I think the thing and is was... it's like as an electric eel they're not going to consider it an evil no. thing to do because if, if another electric eel met with an electric eel then presumably not going to be affected by each other's currents so maybe they like you know they don't worry about zapping because they just also, think that's normal a hand just appearing to stroke you and touch you when nothing touches you it's kind of scary yeah. but yeah no he was zapped by about 500 volts and he's fine Ooh. um oh, yeah but he said his arm hurt for like the rest of the day it was numb for like an hour or something mm. so well because a plug socket I'm not is 240 really. volts so that's like nearly well just under three times the amount that a plug socket would give you yeah i think this was in america and it's like four times an american plug socket mm. so and they tell kids not to put Ouch. their fingers in it for good reason i'd also put caveat not stroking an electric eel thing is though with an electric <laughs> eel it'll stop if you put your finger in a plug so i don't know how you get your finger in a plug socket but if you stuck a key in a plug socket I'm not trying it's not gonna stop the current won't stop so somebody yeah. else is gonna have to like kick you off of it or whatever to get you to let go whereas an mm. electric eel is just gonna stop on its own because it would keep stunning you but well it depends it how much you've pissed it off yeah if you've tried to stroke it out of nowhere for example then maybe yeah it might be a little bit cross um <laughs> so i just want to talk briefly about the evolution of electric fish editing sophie here um joking it's it's editing vicky this time i'm afraid so my um, section on the evolution of electric sense has been deemed too long-winded for this podcast so I have been challenged to say it in 60 seconds or less countdown style so I am getting up a stop clock now so we will see how this first attempt goes so the electric organ has evolved from a skeletal muscle precursor. It's evolved convergently in both South America and Africa. In America, you get the knife fish or the geniforms, and in Africa, you get the elephant fish or morimoroidia. <laughs> These guys have evolved convergently and are of a similar evolutionary age, either pre or post dating just about the final separation of Africa from South America by continental drift. They have a common ancestor of about 85 million years ago, but this guy was non-electric, so it's evolved separately in both continents. Um, it's really important for species diversification and you can see this in the Muramoroids, so in a small geographic area you'll get about 200 species of electric um, species whereas you'll get about 10 species of the non-electric so it's really important for both species recognition and sexual selection yes 56 seconds yes boy if we're talking about electric eels specifically because that is what our actual question was on so i need to actually knuckle down into the question so the electric eel or hold my glass for this electrophorus electricus okay you i did well. love that scientific name it Thank does you. what it says on the tin it does that sounds like electricity electricity <laughs> it's like the is it Look, the it's almost as good yeah it's almost as good as the gorilla whose scientific name oh my is god gorilla 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 my <gasps> i favorite. forgot it was three that's just gorilla, yeah. gorilla. they're excited the, about gorillas the west the western lowland gorilla 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 gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. gorilla. classic <laughs> of course my name's gorilla 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 gorilla, gorilla. <laughs> i like my cocktail shaken not stirred um and then i smash it but yeah I'm a gorilla 
Smash. Okay, yeah. Anyway, it's a big dark predator that uh, especially grows, but in my notes I've said froze. Um, okay. About eight foot long. Um, and they well, live in South America. Jesus. So in places like the Amazon. Yeah, eight foot is big. Uh, they I are way even... bigger than I thought they were. It's like when they say saltwater crocodiles, you get the ones that are like 20 foot long. I've, I've not seen one. 20? Supposedly, you can get, well, I think in Australia for definite, you get 20? ones that are nearing 20 foot long. And I can't even comprehend how big that is. Like if you actually That's saw one like out of the water. Too big? Right. So I'm going to use uh, my childish child's method of measurement. Uh, measurement here. So my father is exactly six foot long. Therefore, yes. every time as a child, I would ask, how big is it? My mum would reply, it's X daddy's long. <laughs> which wow. is hilarious. So in, in Portsmouth, we've got this thing called the Spinnaker Tower, which is, I think it's like 170 foot or something oh like that. Oh my God, are you telling me? So what coming to visit <laughs> and asking mum, how big is it? And she was just there trying to calculate how many daddies big it was. Because <laughs> as That's a kid, incredible. you have... Well, even as an adult, you have no perception, really, of like how big an actual size I mean, is. So thinking of it in daddies is quite helpful. I think almost every child has had the phase, and I'm probably about to be severely embarrassed by this, but the phase where you think that a foot <laughs> is Go just on. how long your foot is. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Before really you knew confused, what a foot like, in length my... was, I'd be like, but my feet are quite small, so surely my feet are shorter than your feet, so I've got less distance to travel if it's like 100 foot you're travelling or whatever. But, you know, did you do I'd that be looking at a building and be like, someone would be like, all. Did you do that thing in the playground where you, someone would say it's X feet long and you were there trying to measure it, like literally stepping yes. toe to heel, toe to heel, and then being like, that's really small. Yeah, and then you're like, why is this not the right length? And then somebody somebody blows your mind by telling you at some point in your life that a foot is actually a uniform unit of measurement. It's not just every single person's feet. And that yeah. is the length, and every yeah. person has a different measurement of feet. It is a sad day in childhood. Um, mm. It's not quite as bad as realizing Santa's uh, not real, but um, it's up there. Some poor listener. Sorry. Oh my <laughs> god, we could have just broken Santa's it real. <laughs> he does fly around on reindeers and produce. And the, and the two fairy does give you money, and the Easter Bunny delivers Easter eggs. It's all fine. <laughs> Yeah, so they live in uh, rivers like the Amazon. Um, so they are South American. Um, they're nocturnal hunters. They spend a lot of their time in the day in holes or among thick roots, along stem, ba- stem banks, stream banks, um, and in black water. So they just hide and chill during the day, and then they come out at night and hunt. They generally eat small fish. Go for it. No, it's just like black water. Is that literally just like muddy water? Yeah, it's basically just like stagnant okay. water. Mm, where, lovely. Yeah, it's just muddy, dirty. You can't really see in. Wouldn't have a bath in it. So they cam- they camouflage in well then? Yeah, pretty much. They just don't like fish. to be seen. So if the water's quite clear, they'll like find a spot to hide. But I guess, I mean, presumably we don't really know where they chill out in dark water because uh, we can't, we can't see, see it. That was whole the point of it being black water. But um, but we know they're there because they pop They're probably out. just like chilling at the bottom, just having like a little kip. They've just sat out their the bed, made the beds, <laughs> cuddling the little eel teddy bear. <laughs> what would the eel teddy bear be though? It'd be like a little fish that they've killed but not eaten yet. So they're just going to hug that. That's- terrifying yeah it's just a twitching fish no right lord oh they can't they don't really have predators i was gonna say we had cuddle bears which are like a predator to humans but eels don't really have that they don't really have pets i'm just imagining a little eel or just like a little teddy bear with a terrified little fish that's swimming next to it (laughs) and that knows it could die at any second yeah although it's not the shock that kills the fish no it's being swallowed alive that kills the fish that would kill most of us yeah <laughs> that, ten- that tends to do it <laughs> tends to cause that do it that'd do it for one um, of us as yeah well. yeah yeah but for the fish it's not all doom and gloom because they don't actually just eat fish apparently they do also eat their greens not green but that some so the fish could be swimming along seeing electric eel and go oh it's all right it's all right it's his vegan day it's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's meat free day it's meat free friday oh meat free monday not meat free friday. monday right okay monday. it's monday <laughs> just like swimming along like sees the eel turns to its friends like shit what day of the weekend is it it's a monday we're all good okay cool um, <laughs> they turn yeah, the electricity they... off on those days yeah they have been seen <laughs> eating like these purple cranberry sized fruit um, 
we know this from like the the native uh fishermen although they do seem to embellish their stories and claim that the electric eels are zapping the trees to cause the fruit to fall which sounds a little unlikely. I mean, I love the even idea if, of that, but even if I yeah. tasered an apple tree, I doubt they're all going <laughs> to fall. <laughs> if anything, I feel like there might be more forest fires. I'd yeah. say try it, and then I was like, you shouldn't have a taser. I don't have a taser. <laughs> the most I could um, do is like strip the wires off of something and like plug it in, and then stick the wires again. <laughs> I'm just thinking of um, you know the Sherlock Holmes film, uh, the one with. Um, bugger what's his name thingy jr no all i all that came to mind was barty crouch jr i'm like that's a harry potter character yeah no um played iron man oh robert downey jr oh robert downey jr that one the sherlock holmes film with marty robert downey jr yes not martin downey jr who the fuck is that that's like barty crouch's (laughs) brother um anyway robert downey jr and they've got like this zappy wand just from like a random lab and i can't help but think of that it's like you and your puny toy zap anyways eels yeah eels i don't think they're zapping trees uh but what do i know but yeah they're air breathers but they have teeny tiny gills and they like come to the surface and like gulp oxygen so interesting um, yeah oh it's also probably a good idea to mention in terms of perspective that they live in the same waters as things like piranhas. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder um, if they so, could zap an entire group ooh. of piranhas. They probably could. So you find, and this is very kind of anecdotal, but it kind of suggests that it's a very good defensive mechanism. So every other fish or large fish that lives in these waters have holes in or like missing bits of fins or whatever because they live with piranhas. The eels don't. Well, yeah. So the piranhas imagine. know not to fuck with an eel. If your food yeah. is, what's the word? I was going to say prickly, <laughs> but if zappy. it's zappy, yeah. <laughs> so it would be like us eating an orange that's going to no. electrocute us. No. I was wondering where you were going with I was going to say, Matt, sure. it would literally be like us eating an electric eel that's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something that we might want to eat and the first thing that came to mind was an orange. It's just a bit of a prickly orange, a bit of a zappy orange. (laughs) I left it on the plug socket, wouldn't touch it for a while. Um, What, you don't plug your apples and oranges in? Strangely, no. I don't have an electric fruit bowl. Is that a thing? I bet that's a thing. I I don't think so. I don't think an electrified fruit bowl. Unless you've got like, you know someone's going to break into your house and you know they really like oranges, so you've electrified (laughs) all the oranges. But that seems more elaborate. Talking of electric stuff, uh, it's quite difficult to study eels because you generally use electric trackers and that strangely doesn't work on electric eels. So Really? I'm shocked. I know. It's, I, it would also be that. very, even if they worked, I wouldn't want to be the person that has to put it on it. Oh God, yeah. How would you put Can it you, on like, an electric eel? You'd have to draw that short straws to decide who's going to touch it. I also love the fact that they must have discovered this by attempting it. So there's clearly a study where they were like, we seem to be going through these radars really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Just one quiet intern in the corner like, I don't want to bother, but... <laughs> <laughs> Could it possibly one quite intern that belongs to Harry Potter? Because <laughs> they sound very Dobby like. Dobby is a free elf. Dobby <laughs> has been gifted a sock. Dobby has been gifted an eel. <laughs> Dobby what? is dead because Dobby touched it. No, <gasps> too close to home. Don't go there. Can't go there. Dobby is alive and well, and he's a free elf with an electric eel as a companion, which is why nothing will touch him because the piranhas won't go near him because he's electric. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyways, back on topic. <laughs> it's like rewind. <laughs> Just can't get the image of Dobby. With an electric eel like draped in his hand. Pulling oh, along an eight foot like... long eel. I can't get the on picture of Dobby holding an eel twitching. I just have the image of him like dressed like Indiana Jones with like instead of the whip, he's like holding an eel. Whips an eel. <laughs> I mean, now I want that. Okay, composure. I'll just fan you Indiana through the camera. Indiana Dobby isn't real. Breathe. Indiana Dobby isn't. <laughs> he can't hurt you. <laughs> Thank you for fanning me uh, through the through the camera you're gonna have uh, to fan yourself but you know right okay 
eels. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so eels are predominantly um, solitary creatures hunting on their own. However, uh, there was a recent study, and by recent, I'm pretty sure it is 2021, which is insane. Um, and I love a good recent study um, mm-hmm. that has discovered that they do show social predation, which is insane. So you will find them like herding and cir- encircling shoals and like, yeah. I, I was gonna I was gonna say just to clarify you mean hunting together not like for some reason when you said social predation my mind went to they were hunting each other no like no they're hunting together they're hunting as a group oh, yeah, sorry. I, yeah we no, both went group. to cannibalism which is a bit <laughs> I mean <laughs> they might eat each other I don't know I don't know what they're into but um that, yeah no they show herding abilities together so you'll have a group of them hunting together and like encircling shoals so you know how you get like bait balls in like the ocean you kind of get a similar thing in these rivers and then mm. they'll That's launch cool. joint high voltage strikes on the prey balls wow Jesus Christ that's so, kind of like you see whales vicious. and dolphins use, like they can blow bubbles in a circle around the fish to disorientate yeah. them. Do you imagine all of the water around you is electrified? You're all huddled together in a ball and then suddenly an eel rips through the centre eating like 16 of your friends. Yeah. And you're like, shit, what was that? That is terrifying. So if you visit the Amazon and you see a ball of fish, uh, don't go swimming. Don't go near it. Would you guys like to know how they create electricity? Yes. Yes. Because that is fascinating. Yeah. And I'm also going to put it out there. They don't eat lightning. Do they eat batteries? They don't eat batteries. They're quite hard to come from, uh, come from, come across uh, in the middle of the forest. Just in the middle of nowhere. There's a battery lying around. Yeah. There's just a mass. They just worship a giant battery. They plug themselves in each night. They just put the tail. Do they put their tails in the sockets? Yeah, definitely. That's how they they charge themselves overnight. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do it during the day. That's why no one really knows where they go because there's just like this massive battery that we're plugging into. They don't come out because like they can't unplug Mm. technology demons. Uh, no, sadly, that, that's not how it works. Uh, so they produce these electronic organ discharges. So if I talk about EODs, it's those that I'm referring to. The electronic organ discharges, which their organ producing sparky sparkies. Not in some cases where they call it unexploded ordnance. That's not what? what we're referring to. What's unexploded ordnance? No, some they call EODs sometimes refers to inexploded devices. Oh. oh. Okay, yeah, no, we're not talking about not bombs. That. Not that, just so that nobody gets confused, no. No, we're talking about the sparky sparky, not the boom booms. They're electric eels, not explosive eels. Yeah, cool. So, in terms of creating these EODs, um, they have cells called electrocytes. Now, these are like flat pancake-like cells that create a discharge. I'll explain how in a moment. And you get like stacks of these, like hundreds and thousands of stacks. And it's these stacks that kind of work like a battery. So each cell, they normally pump out of them sodium and potassium ions, which gives them a positive charge on the outside and a negative charge on the inside. However, when they create an electric signal, which is created by a nerve signal arriving at these cells, so it's a deliberate action this isn't just a the body does it willy-nilly so they get these nerve signals which then prompts the iron gates to open allowing the positive ions to flow back in which polarizes the skin so basically it causes it to therefore be negative outside and positive inside rather than what it was but it only does this on like one side so you get these like opposites next to each other which creates this current that's cool yeah and it it polarizes the skin so that is how it works so you've then got these kind of biological batteries as it were just in these organs which is under nervous control that's how they create it but every nerve signal arrives at all of the cells at exactly the same time so you've got all these little ones creating this teeny tiny voltage and then all together if you you create this sum voltage which is what creates the spark what creates the electricity zappy zappy yeah well like makes it actually yeah yeah because one cell on its own is not going to do a lot but the fact that it arrives at every cell at exactly the same time Mm. and you've got this synchronized action potentials that's what's causing it so which is why like the magnitude of the discharge is determined by the amount of the electrocytes per column 
problem. Basically, the more electrocytes you have, the bigger your organ is. And the bigger your organ is, the bigger your shock. Which is why eels have have the biggest shock because they have the most electric organs. I mean, Um, they're eight feet long, so. Well, it's not even just that. So eels, unlike the others, are predominantly electric organ. Four fifths of the animal's total length is their electric organ. Wow. That just seems excessive almost. Four fifths. That's insane. And 40% of their body maths. Is that, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So they have three electric organs. They have their main organ, their sex organ, might not be pronouncing that correctly, and their hunter's organ. I thought you said their sex organ, to be honest, and I was just going to accept it. Oh, no. S-A-C-H-S. I believe I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. So this is located uh, in the posterior. So it extends like basically the whole length. They've got a couple on the top of their body and one along the bottom, or it might be reverse. But it it takes up so much of their back end (laughs) that their reproductive and digestive organs have had to be pushed forwards. So uh, their anal and reproductive openings are under their chin. That far forwards? That far forwards. It takes up like most of their tail. And considering an eel is basically tail. That's so weird. Yeah, I suppose they don't want it to be in the bit where they're electrocuting things because that could probably go wrong. (laughs) But like, (laughs) still. Yeah, no, it is insane. Which is why that they are the most electric fish. Because they are basically just all electricity. (laughs) They're basically just electricity. So their main electric organ has 120 columns and there are... Are six thousand to ten thousand electrocytes per column. I'm not going to do the maths, but yet yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. They, a lot. they have a lot. That is hence, ouch. Yeah, hence that the six hundred volts. No thanks. And the bubbles wow. we established volts. earlier. We'd prefer that over a taser. Yeah. 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 And that's the one, those are the organs that are producing their kind of hunting ones. They also have smaller accessory electric organs, which will produce that like 10 volts to like 30 times per second while they're swimming. So that's their kind of sensory location object determining hmm. stuff. Thingy my bob. Yeah. So the way that it actually works in terms of using it as a sensory. So obviously, we don't really need to say a lot about how an electric shock hurts someone. <laughs> we've all been I mean, at least had static electricity so. yeah it, it hurts so there's yeah. um kind of freezes prey like a taser and then they swallow them i've got a case study that i can go on to a bit later which they learn a bit more about the actual process of hunting with an electric eel which is really interesting but in terms of detection the way it kind of works like a bubble so they produce this electric field around them um, and then they can monitor how the changes in the electric field. So if a object in this electric field they produced is a conductor, it will attract the electric field lines and a non-conductor will repel. So it alters this kind of bubble around them in different... To make it like a current alternating through the water, sort of, yeah. Yeah, kind of. And the location of the distortions will affect field lines around different parts of the body because they are basically this one field. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah. so I'm, yeah. like, I'm just sort of thinking like yep that makes sense yeah I like does that, that make sense <laughs> yeah yeah okay so i want to talk briefly about other uses for eod's other than detection and like prey study because it's also used for like sex diff- it, it's different between sexes and species basically and it's also used to synchronize individuals so it's a bit cooler than that so i want you to imagine you know like an oscillating like heartbeat monitor mm. oh yeah yeah um so your first when it's going up your peak that will tell you the species. So all individuals of a species, their first pulse is the same. And then when it goes down, that's your sex. So it's completely different that's between cool. them. That's um, kind of cool though, that you could just literally stick something in the water to measure it and just go, yep, there's a female of this species down there. Yeah, it's really cool. That's really cool. And also kind of explains why you get kind of such like sexual selection. Presumably you could then also tell the age of the individual because yeah. a baby's not going to be able to produce the same voltage or something yeah. like hundred volts I thought a baby produced. And, and then it, when they reach adulthood, like when they reach their full size, it's up to six hundred. Also in the size, so there's an element of female choice. So females of I can't remember. I'm assuming it's eels, it's in that section of my notes. Um females will choose males that have longer EODs. And when they looked into this, it's individuals with longer EODs and higher amplitude. 
which correlates to body size. So they're actively choosing oh, larger individuals bigger. based on their electric shock. Yeah, so I suppose, I suppose cool. the thing is, the more powerful your electric shock, the better of a hunter you could be. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the better yeah. chance her offspring will have of surviving because their mm. her offspring should be bigger than they would otherwise be, and that will be more powerful. They can shock an entire like shoal of fish and just eat the. They lot don't of- need to work together. They could. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah, they don't need to rely on anyone else. Exactly. And they also sometimes they'll change it, their electric shocks during like mating season as well. And they'll like accelerate their signals in courtship and then like change it in to chirps at spawning sites. It's really weird. Any you can imagine that any fish who live in the area must just be constantly going, right, where are we in the eel mating season? Because the water's (laughs) about to get prickly. It's about to get serious now. Guys, I know none of us breathe air, but there's a pool just over there. I'm hoping there's less eels. Let's <laughs> abandon ship. We're coming up to mating season. Or they just they just spontaneously decide, do you want to migrate? I'm going to migrate. I've never migrated <laughs> before, but I'm going to give it a shot and I'm probably going to die, but at least I won't get electrocuted every day yeah. because it's probably going to um, happen. They're not even intending to eat them. They're just shocking the water to prove how strong yeah. they are. And all the I mean, fish I'm in the presuming area are like, oh, not again. I was on my way to the meeting. I mean, I'm presuming away. it's the smaller what like electric pulses it's not like these massive ones <laughs> they're not like every time putting out 600 volts because that is exhausting they do have to mm. if they're doing it, it like really quickly they have to stop and recharge for a while mm. um, yeah. yeah also they've found in other species that they'll use it to like synchronize group members when hunting together so that's also a fun fact mm. In terms of eels and using it in their hunting, they hunt both in terms of detecting their prey and like stunning their prey to eat them using their electric signals. So if you turn the lights off, they're still absolutely fine. So they hunt in kind of two phases. The first is to figure out where the prey is. And then the second is to incapacitate them. Initially, they will emit two or three electric pulses, which causes the prey's muscles to like freeze. Well, it kind of like twitches them, which reveals their hiding place. So it causes these like waves. That's just unfair. Like as a fish, if you're staying perfectly still, trying to hide from the electric eel, then it jolts <laughs> the water with electricity. You just like, mm. you just flinch a little bit. And then they're like, got Such you. Such a there clever strategy though. It's so clever, especially considering these fish will often be like hiding. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. so cool. And then the second phase is a volley of high voltage discharges, which causes a far more intense muscle contraction, which freezes them in place, allowing them to be swallowed alive, which is lovely. Lovely. And occasionally the eel will like curl up. So it's like the electric fields overlap. And if that happens, you're doubly fucked. I can imagine you would be, yeah. For some reason, ever since we've started talking about like them being eight foot long, I keep imagining that they use, they like swim in like a tornado pattern up round the fish or something. No, they don't. But it, that's it just how cool, I keep visualising it. They can eat an entire shoal of fish, though. So mm-hmm. it depends on how many fish are in the shoal. Yeah, but yeah, no, they'll zap their prey hundreds of times, which is a little intense. It's not just like one zap bye-bye it's like so many i mean yeah because to be honest if it was just one contraction the fish could probably swim away yeah but they need to exhaust the fish so would you like to hear about sparky and philip stoddard yeah of course okay so philip stoddard was i possibly is i'm assuming still is a zoologist at florida international uni in miami and he had a eel called sparky in his lab sparky was about 1.5 meters long and this is the guy who shouldn't yeah he's a big boy this was the guy who really shouldn't have stroked said big boy um (laughs) anyway he was interested in finding out how they actually hunt these eels so he was a bit harsh on goldfish really because he decided to look at this initially using a slow-mo camera and he put a goldfish in there and discovered that the yeah a live goldfish poor goldfish i mean you need a live animal to test it but a bit more than a bit cruel yeah so he realized that the eel well sparky emitted electrical pulses to trick the prey into revealing its hiding place and almost immediately and i'm talking like within three one hundredths of a second the goldfish froze wow that is like from being put in the water or from the from the first electrical zap oh okay yeah so pretty much as soon as sparky sparked thing is he's i'm just imagining the difference in size i know you get some fairly big goldfish but i'm imagining it was probably only like what two to three inches long so the size comparison of the shock that it would receive that's like ridiculous it would it's not surprising it froze on the first shark but yeah no so stoddard wanted to 
to find out why this works. Like, is it like a taser and it hits the nervous cells causing muscle contraction? So he then hooked up a dead goldfish to a muscle contracting recording machine. Of course he did. Separated the fish from the eel with the barrier so he couldn't eat it and then added live earthworms. The eel obviously attacked the earthworms in exactly the same way, but that resulted in the fish contracting as well. So he could measure the contractions and realised, yes, basically this is a, an, a taser. And then he realised that they like sometimes emit like two strong pulses before attack, like Going instead of hundreds. It, yeah. And mm. he was like, well, why on earth does he, do they do this before they do the full barrage of like hundreds of pulses? So he put the fish in a, a plastic bag, basically, um, to figure out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> surely the eel could still attack it through the plastic bag. Then you just end up with an eel that's eaten a plastic bag. Well, the just, plastic... He's just creating an issue for himself. Well, the plastic isn't conductive. So if the theory is that this is to locate the twitching fish, mm. the electric... Well, the fish will still twitch, but the eel won't detect the fish, if that makes any sense. Right. Because it won't respond in any way. Like yeah, it because it would be like a radar yeah. thing. And that's basically what he found was that, oh, he hooked up to something that caused the fish to like actively twitch. So when mm. the eel put out these signals and the, he didn't make the fish twitch, the eel didn't attack. But when he twitched the fish, the eel attacked. So right. these two right. must be yeah. to cause the fish to twitch so he can yeah. figure out where they are which has been described by Katana as like a remote control for the fish, which I've also seen described as like Jedi powers because it's causing these creatures <laughs> to reveal their location uh, without It's like scientific kind of... explanation behind Jedi powers. Who knew yeah. we'd be getting that in this podcast? I know. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, we already covered earlier though, air, like electricity can't travel through air in the same way, so it doesn't really work mm. unless the Jedis are all now living underwater. In which case then it makes Maybe. sense. Maybe. Maybe they're all aquatic Jedi. Aquatic Jedi. That is actually... That is the only way it would work because you need something to transfer the signal. Eels are just mm. secretly like, oh, Jedi. Yeah. Eels are the, um, well, water Jedi. Water Jedi, yes. Aquatic Jedi. <laughs> Aquatic Jedi. Yes. A hundred percent. What they often do is they head towards the fish, but they don't actually attack, which made Stoddard go, but what? Literally, so, is there a recording of him doing that? Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> just him in his lab, like, but what? Say what? Um, probably not. But probably I'd not. like to think so. <laughs> or maybe it's the eel. Maybe it's Sparky, like, we're what? <laughs> Sparky, <laughs> like, <laughs> sticks his head out of the tank. Say what? And say what <laughs> yeah anyway yeah so that made uh him be like okay maybe this is because that's not enough detection that locates the general area but this is a water area so they might drift so instead of just attacking that location they might need more so he repeated the experiment with a carbon rod which would then conduct the electricity and he found that the twitch made sparky go towards the fish but then he would turn to and attack the rod right right so he would go and attack yeah. that instead thinking it was the prey yeah yeah because the fish is still like covered in the plastic so it mm. doesn't conduct which yeah suggests that they use these large sparks not sparks electrical impulses let's be technical here they use the large electrical impulses or discharges or whatever you want to call them well, just go with that yeah yeah both to shock but also to detect, which is kind of massive and has been described again by Katana, who's massive in the field. And I might be pronouncing that song wrong. So sorry. Um, but described as laser vision. Yeah. I mean, kind of. It's not exactly yeah. laser vision. I suppose it's like the laser vision equivalent underwater. Yeah, it's kind of really because cool. Though. Laser but, you know, it's like being compared to like comic book characters, you know, like in X-Men where they've got like, they can attack things with their eyes, but they also see through their eyes. And you're like, how do they see through it? And yeah, I suppose, yeah. He always have that. They're actually, what's his name? Bugger. Oh, don't ask me. I don't know. Um, The person with the glasses. But yeah, he was a secretly both Jedi and X-Men. That is what we are. The conclusion we are coming to. That is the only conclusion to naturally come to. Exactly. That is the only conclusion. So that brings us on to the actual question. Since we've gone on all of those tangents and talked about all of that general information, which apologies if it felt too much, I get passionate <laughs> and I research and I go down rabbit holes. So sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this gets to us. 
Yes, that's him. What's his name? His name um, is Cyclops. Cyclops, that's it. Eels are actually Cyclops, but yeah. with worse vision. Because... I was like, I've got to look it up. We can't leave it as... We <laughs> they can't don't leave need to see. Yeah, there they're are Jedi Cyclops, which makes it sound like the mythical creature, not the X-Men. But we're talking X-Men, not a big monster with one eye. But, but yeah, Cyclops no, fine. doesn't have just one eye. He has a, like, laser beam thing. Yeah, no, anyway. but it, yeah. the mythological creature is a, a one-eyed Cyclops, yeah. though. Um, but yeah, going f- to conclude and finally answer our question uh, sent in by the lovely Michael, uh, why don't electric eels electrocute themselves? Firstly, what do you guys think? I mean, I kind of just assume that like, they're well, they're obviously somehow immune to it, but maybe like they're just big enough that it doesn't affect them because their prey is a mm. lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the, the size they are, like as they get bigger, they produce more of a shock, but they're also bigger so they can handle the shock. Because we, yeah. could, like as humans, we could probably handle the shock. Well, we could handle the shock from electric eel. We wouldn't like it, but we could. We wouldn't be frozen in place. <laughs> it's not really what you're into. I mean, that has been a theory that has been proposed. So there's been multiple hypotheses that have been proposed over the last 150 years, being that their their size means that they can tolerate it that they just tolerate self-induced contractions that their size kind of dilutes the current that they can prepare for the shocks that their muscles and vulnerable organs are wrapped in insulation so there's there's that, loads of theories yeah, yeah. That, that sounds that sounds like it would probably be something i don't know that obviously we haven't proven that but yeah so i couldn't find a study on electric eels themselves but i did find a study on african electric catfish which we mentioned earlier they're one of the the two other species that use electricity in exactly the same way so they also hunt and defend themselves with electric shocks although less so but yeah in this electric catfish the Malapterudiae sounds like mm-hmm. a Bold. rhythm like for a song. Um, so they did study it in these, which, I mean, if you look at the experiment, it seems a bit mean, but they don't react to electric shots, but it's fine. Basically, they electrocuted uh, these catfish to see what would happen, and nothing happened. Mm. Right. Sounds about so, right. Yeah, so they wanted to see the effects of both their own zaps, other zaps, and they also used like electro fishing equipment, which is designed to mimic mm, them, probably. Yeah, yeah and for all of them, they had like though, no responses. I can just imagine, though, the scientists, this is a little sadistic, but you can probably imagine they've been zapped by them a few times. So they're like, how much does it take yeah. to give them their own medicine? Just keep on them to the understand. <laughs> I want them to understand it hurts. Yeah, so this, it hasn't proven anything, but it has disproven some hypothesis. So it suggests that it's not just that they're tolerating self-induced contractions because they have no, like, reaction. nothing else is causing a reaction either. So they're not preparing for it. It's not that they can just tolerate their own. It doesn't even look like it's a size-dependent dilution kind of effect. It's not just because they're bigger than everything. I kind of find that interesting because like I don't obviously I don't know what like parental care and like how they raise their mm. young works but you could imagine that like if they've got like younger eels around them which are obviously going to be much smaller than an adult mm. if the adult causes like this reaction in smaller fish and stuff if it was just because of how big they are surely younger eels that are close yeah. by would also be affected yeah which isn't very so it, good it for makes it makes sense that it, yeah it makes sense that it wouldn't just be they can tolerate it yeah mm. which leaves the kind of final theory is that they are somehow insulating their muscles either partially or entirely with some kind of resisting thing something like yeah so they might i don't know so is it like essentially how like sorry carry on i was gonna say do you think fat in any way could act as some sort of like because i know it stops some things passing through so it could act as like i can't think of what the opposite of the word conductor is insulator yeah it could act like fat could possibly act as an insulator from it so maybe they have something similar or they have some sort of yeah well there's thoughts that that it's it's more like kind of connective tissue and stuff i believe oh it might be fat i can't find anything there's special proteins that will shield as well so it's possible it's just kind of tissue that are covered in these proteins i suppose they could isolate just the areas that are produced they could isolate the areas that are producing electricity from the rest of their body so you said they have their reproductive organs under their chin maybe the electrical current doesn't actually interact with the front bit of their body so maybe the the thing with that you'd have to wrap wrap the rest of their reproductive organs in a 
as well because it's not just them protecting themselves from their own electric shots it's them protecting themselves from others as well Mm. so it's possible that they're wrapping individual things like muscles and brains and reproductive organs and all that jazz or they've just got like a insulating blanket wrapped Mm. around their whole body just because it's how we like we insulate wires in how like electrical wires that's that's sort of how i was visualizing it that they've got something that insulates all of their vital organs and everything they want to protect from it that maybe we just somehow can't detect which i mean to be fair considering they are predominantly electric organ that's not that much of their body that's not (laughs) so it wouldn't be that much that needed to be covered anecdotally it looks like it it could be the uh, sheathing idea as well hmm. and there's been reports potentially that like deep cuts in the skin might cause some pain um, through electrical stimulation which was like talked about like in the 80s and stuff but, yeah, but I suppose now it's also quite that's very anic- mm. yeah and very which means any kind of reports of it is very anecdotal mm, so but yeah no it, it's looking like that or that some tissue is just evolved in intrinsic tolerance but Mm. maybe i yeah, think that would be quite like difficult yeah that would be quite difficult because to have like your brain but or and heart and all other organs all have evolved this however useful it could cause issues with how the cells function and stuff so yeah. i think it's more likely that there is this sheath insulation some sort of insulating layer yeah that makes more sense yes. because if they were just constantly tolerating the pain that would make them that's got to cause it yeah and that's got to yeah. cause issues as well like long-term issues they presumably wouldn't have a very long lifestyle. life if they were repeatedly electrocuted multiple times a day um yeah, hundreds kind of, of would, times a day it would not be good uh, i know that wouldn't do very much for our physiology it would certainly shorten our lives so yeah we've actually come to a kind of conclusion guys i think this is a first the first time we've not ended with we have an answer we have i mean it's not a guaranteed answer but i'm gonna take it's the closest we've been to an answer yet yeah we eventually (laughs) will do a question that has an answer but it makes it more interesting i think to talk about something that doesn't have an answer because otherwise it's very you want something that there's a bit of a question about it we don't want to just summarize zoology yeah and science as a general yeah it's it's asking those questions why how like why do things do this how do they do it mm. we never really know because you can't ask them yes because yeah. because they, they zap you, zappy, uh, zappy, zappy. Try, or every time we put a microphone Frazzle in the water equipment. for some reason it doesn't work afterwards yeah i don't know why even an underwater yeah. mic that would work underwater for some reason there's just some sort of like overloading current <sighs> that <Crackling>. runs through <laughs> it mm. There's a yeah. fault in the nothing. technology. Yeah, yeah. it's been a power fault. surge. Yeah, <laughs> wonder where the power surge came from. Um, but yeah, no, so we actually have an answer. So it's looking like electric eels don't electrocute themselves because they have a sheath around their vital organs. So that protects them from their own and others' electric current. Although it's not a definite. So <laughs> it's what we think. It but is. we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take we'll it. Take we'll it. take yeah. it. Um, and if you have any comments or questions on this topic or any others, please let us know. Um, potentially, you've heard of other studies on electric eels. That would be really cool to find out. So, in conclusion, please feel free to contact us through our Instagram and Twitter. We are three underscore zoologists. We would love to hear your questions or facts or anything for future episodes or comments on past episodes. And yeah, give us a like and subscribe. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast. And to conclude, I just want to let you know that I would really love to have a tea party with an albatross. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Toodle pip. <laughs>